Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Hey everybody, welcome back to Outnumbered the Podcast. Today we have a fun episode on planning. We we just get in the planning goal setting mode when New Year's come around, right? So we're excited to talk about how we how we plan and schedule all the things. Yeah, we're going to share our favorite ways to organize and plan. And specifically, we're going to talk about when we use paper and when we use digital. Right, because I think that there's it's like the never-ending debate, right? seems like the younger generation is all digital all the time. The older generation is all paper. And I feel like people like you and me, Audrey, we're kind of stuck somewhere in the middle, like <laughs> trying to yeah, hybrid. You know, bridge, yeah, yeah, bridge that gap. And I really do think that's the best place to be. And we'll explain why in a little bit. But yeah. Uh, before we get started, I want to share a fun mom hack with you guys. Okay, so um, losing teeth for a second. Let's talk about that. When kids lose teeth, it's really cute and adorable, except for when they have one that's super duper loose and they won't let you touch it. And they have it that way for like weeks and they're crying all the time because they can't eat and don't touch it and it hurts and all this stuff. So so um, we've gone through a variety of different ways of helping kids lose teeth. Sometimes they'll let dad mess with it, but they figure if dad does it, it's probably going to get yanked. So they don't, (laughs) sometimes they stay away from him. But I found this hack on Instagram and we tried it the other day and it worked so well. I had to share with you guys. So I, I found it on, um, late with Kate's Instagram. So she's just, this just this cute mom who does just funny videos. She's just hilarious. And one of the things that she shows you how is how to do is her hack for, um, yanking teeth that are really, really wiggly. So what you do is you take really waxy floss and you tie it in in a knot, but you leave the knot open, you know, so it can loop around the tooth. Loop it around the tooth and get it way down low, like almost underneath the gums, right? So it can be right there at the base of the tooth. And then you just count to three and you yank the the floss out on either direction and like up or down, depending on where the tooth is, you know, and the tooth pops right out. And it's so fast that they can't even react to it. And so we tried it with my daughter the other day and it was fantastic. She didn't even know what to do. She just went, oh, Oh, it's out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, something that works. So I had to share that. Oh, uh, you know, actually, I think I thought I saw my dentist use that exact method on one of my kids' super wiggly teeth one time. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to charge you for that. You could have done that one. <laughs> I'm going to charge you the, the $1.19 floss that I. <laughs> That I brought for that. Yeah. So if you guys want to see videos in action, uh, go to late with Kate on Instagram and she has a highlight saved of them all. And so highly recommend it. You do have to wait till the tooth is really, really wiggly be- until there's only, you know, when it feels like it's just hanging by a thread. So, but that will get it out. And then they get, it's usually, it's so exciting, especially if you videotape it that they're like, Oh, that, that didn't hurt at all. <laughs> and yes, I just said videotape. <laughs> That's how old I am. Record it with your phone. Whatever. Whatever you choose to use. Uh, Speaking of being dinosaurs and crossing between paper and digital. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we're going to divide this episode by types of planning. So we're going to talk about calendars and events, how we plan those. And then we're going to talk about planning and scheduling tasks and obligations. And then the super fun part, ideas. Right, right. I think sometimes we forget that there are different things that we're writing down. We're always just jotting down notes and we have to like compartmentalize. Is this an event? Is this a task? Is this just an idea I need to save? And and where do I put all these things? Yeah. Cause like those paper napkins, they get lost. 
<laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> uh, okay, so first of all, before we discuss um, the types of planning that we're going to talk about, we need to talk about the length of time to plan. And I think 2020 has cured everybody of the desire to plan your whole year in advance. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. That's just not going to happen. Because you're just, yeah, I don't know. I, I Some people are great fans of planning your year in advance and maybe loosely, um, you know, plan big things like birthdays and vacations, but who boy, I'm not going to plan 2021 the whole year in advance. That's for sure. Yeah. Because chances are good. It's all going to come crashing down. Anyway, you're just going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) The thinking of a specific person's 40th birthday trip to Disneyland here, Bonnie. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Disneyland is still not open. It is the only Disney park that has not opened once since it shut down in, in March. California is just like super uptight, I guess. So wow, whatever. I'll never make it back. I'm pregnant anyway. I can't go out. I can't have any fun. <laughs> I'll wait till I have this baby and go back. Um, All right. So then we also need to talk about um, when to do your planning. So if you're planning for the year, obviously you want to do that this time of year. And that's probably why we're talking about it now. But um, if you're planning for the month, like if you're just kind of doing a general planning, when do you do that? And then when to plan your weeks in advance? So personally, I kind of look at the general plan for the month um, when I flip the calendar page to the next month. Um, And this is my paper. This is the paper part. (laughs) But um, for the week, I do my weekly planning on Sunday afternoon. It's just my time when I've just set aside for doing a couple hours of planning and I plan my kids' school week and I plan like my grocery list that or in my meal plan for the week and I plan um, my work week that week. I look ahead and I see just for that week what appointments and what things are on the on the list for that week. And so Sunday afternoon is my planning time. There is a, po- a very popular... Um, concept called Monday Hour One, and that we'll actually link to that podcast. It's from one of our favorite podcasts to listen to, the Life Coach School podcast. And they talk about using the first hour of your workday Monday to plan and to do specific planning. And it's really awesome if you can do it like they talk about, like especially if you have work to plan. That's a really awesome way to do it. So anyway, long way to say you need to think about when you're going to plan, not only the length of of time you're going to be planning, but when you're going to plan these segments of time. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because so many times we have all these great ideas for, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to schedule this and I'm going to plan this, but then we never actually plan to plan. <laughs> we never actually make a hole in our schedule to to get that plan firmed up. And then, you know, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail kind of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, totally good. And so I'm just going to jump into the calendar calendaring section and I'll share when I, when I plan my my calendar stuff as well. I generally try to do my my food stuff Sunday afternoon as well, simply because it's easy to order groceries on a Sunday afternoon and pick them up on Monday, especially if I'm taking a kid to school in the morning. And then I start the week fresh with groceries and everything I need. Um, but I, I do use a combo of paper and digital planner for my calendaring, um, mostly because I need the digital reminders, like the dinging on my phone and my watch to tell me, don't forget to do this, don't forget to do that. But I also like to... Um, just put pen to paper. I think it helps my brain as well. So for my home stuff, I put it in my phone. And then at the beginning of the week, like Sunday night or Monday morning, I will write everything down on our chalkboard that we have in the kitchen. I didn't used to use this. I used to just always go by my phone, but I 
I found that I was staring at my phone all day long, like, what comes next? What comes next? Did I have an appointment today or was it tomorrow? And so when I write it up on the chalkboard, the whole family knows what's going on. And I just, it just takes a quick glance to remind me, oh no, that appointment is tomorrow, not today. It just keeps me, my brain functioning normally. So that's a, a combo that we've really liked for our home schedule. Okay. And I use a combination of paper and digital also. So I use paper, my paper calendar, mostly for my work. I just really like that actual um, physical act of writing it down. And I use color-coded pens for the different things that I'm doing, like podcast is orange. And I write everything on my calendar for the podcast in orange. And then everything for um, project run and play, I write that in blue and just so on. So I just kind of at a glance can see, oh, hey, I'm supposed to be working on this right now and it's in this category. So I really do like to use my paper planner for work. Hey, we should link each of the planners or calendars that we use in the show notes because oh, yeah, it took me sure. a long time to find one that I really like. Yeah, yeah. And then I use digital uh, digital calendar on my phone for appointments and things that I need reminders to ding <laughs> and remind mm-hmm. me. And then I also use um, the calendar for like long-term things like birthdays and um, farm, things on the farm and um, family family reminder things that um, I need. I need long-term, like I don't want to put it down on a paper calendar because I, I want to, yeah, I just want it to come back and remind me every year without me having to remember to write it down every month. Right, right. So smart. So smart. Um, and I, for, I forgot to mention my uh, how I do calendaring for my work stuff. I'll talk about that one a little bit when we talk about the to-do tasks. But that's all done on paper in my office um, because I take time every day to, to work on work stuff. And it's just easier for me to keep that separate. So um, as far as me remembering events, this is why I love the digital aspect of it because I had a really hard time for many years keeping everything straight. And the more kids I had and the busier life got, I was just dropping balls all the time and forgetting appointments and this and that. And so having it in my phone means that when I schedule it, I always click alert. So this is how the iPhone calendar works. Anyway, you, you add in a, an event and then you can check um, whether or not you want to be alerted and when you can be alerted like five minutes before or when it's time to leave or whatever. So I always do that and it helps me so that I never forget anything. And I have a, an Apple watch, which has helped a lot too, because even if my kids steal my phone or it's put away in the cabinet, for school time, then I still get an alert when, you know, it's time to go pick up a kid or whatever. Um, so those one-time events, like I said, like an appointment or something like that, I, I get the alert through my calendar. Recurring things, I actually set a reminder on my iPhone through the clock app. So I go in there and I just click 3.15 in the afternoon, Monday through Thursday, you can say what days of the week. That's when I have to pick up my son from school. So I put 3.15, pick up Liam, uh, repeat every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so every afternoon, because you would think when it's that regular, you wouldn't forget. And yet I do. <laughs> so I always get a little buzz saying now's the time to leave. And it has helped me not be late or like dance lessons, piano lessons, anything that's recurring. Yeah. Yeah. I need those reminders too. And I use them for like systems or things that I get distracted and forget easily. So like the end of my work time, I have a four o'clock, uh, five o'clock, four o'clock timer go off. And it's when I tell my kids, okay, it's afternoon chore time and they go do their afternoon chore time. And then I know that I'm supposed to be done with my working at that time. And I'm supposed to go, you know, start working on supper and all that. But if I am really working on an intense project or whatever, and I get distracted, suddenly look up and it's like five 30 and I'm like, ah, 
the house is a mess and supper's not ready. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I have one, um, like for bedtime and then, um, certain, certain times of the week, I just have to have certain reminders or I just get distracted and forget. It was just a mess when I was trying to remember everything in my own head and I would be late and I would forget things and I would show up in the wrong time zone. We're kind of on the edge here. And so, so once I took all that kind of stuff digital, it really helped me to um, look like I had my life together a little more. Okay, so on to the second part of our episode here, and that is talking about tasks and obligations. And I feel like this is the big one that we all ch- struggle with, right? Because idea ideas for what we have to do, reminders of things we have to do pop into our head everywhere. <laughs> and we have to like keep it organized and then actually methodically go through it and, and check it off, et cetera. So um, this is, at least for me, this has been the hardest, the to-do list. So I have um, tried a bunch of different things, especially with work versus household stuff, and I definitely have to separate them very clearly. So home work, home to-do lists are in the house and work to-do lists are in my office, and I can't really mix them because it gets me confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're not even in the same space. So like if nope. you get yep. your home mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, you'd have to be running back out to your office to... Yeah. 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 I do a mix of digital and paper here too. So digital, I usually do things that I want to take with me if I go out. So for example, grocery list, meal plan, um, reminders I always put on my phone because I need the ding. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. Like a library list. I have spent years leaving a library list at home. (laughs) My garden to-do list, um, like a town list. If it's something that's not at the grocery store, but somewhere else I need to go in town. Like I kind of get overwhelmed when I go to town and I forget to do, you know, three things I had planned to do in town because I just can't remember it. (laughs) Uh, And then like, like separate lists for specific places. Like if I have a Costco list, I don't want that on my normal grocery list, even though it is groceries Mm. because I'm getting it at a specific place. Um, I kind of keep a running list of homeschool supplies, that kind of thing, so that I can, you know, if I'm out and about or I see something or wherever I am, I can grab that and add it to my digital list. But then I do prefer um, paper task lists or to-do lists for things like school schedules because my kids need those printed out. They don't each have their own devices and they can carry that around with them. Like a packing list. Um, so if we're planning to go somewhere, instead of everybody running and asking me, mom, how many pairs of pajamas do I need? <laughs> Just look at the list. Uh, mm-hmm. My work to-do list, like I was mentioning when we were talking about calendars, I like to have that crossed. Um, I like to have that written down because I'm a big fan of being able to check something off physically. Not mm-hmm. just know I've got it done, totally. but actually make mm-hmm. the little tick mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a big deal for me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, feedback on like if I'm developing a pattern for project run and play, I can't somehow I can't get keep that all organized if I have it digital. So I like to have that actually written down and that then I can go and work on the pattern or work on the thing and I can look at it all in one place instead of, you know, separate emails or something. So that's something I physically write down. Um, And then like my kids chore card or chore list, their things to do. Like if it's something for somebody else, I'll tend to write it down. Although one thing that is nice, a feature of a to-do list on a digital device, another feature of it is that you can share it with somebody else. So like if one of my kids is running to the grocery store with me, since we're on the same plan, I can share my grocery list with them and I don't have to type it out or take a screenshot or something and send it to them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it seems like we split our paper and digital stuff in very similar ways. Um, so for work, I mostly do things on paper. I have a paper planner that I really, really love. Again, the checking off is important to me. And uh, I also divide my to-do list by days. So I, I kind of do a loose Monday hour one thing like you were talking about. Um, where I sit down at the beginning of the week and I decide, okay, I'm going to record the podcast this day. It's going to take me a half an hour. I'm going to edit the podcast on this day. It's going to take me 45 minutes. I'm going to, you know, and you kind of divide up my list and parse it out throughout the week. So I know exactly what I should be doing Wednesday afternoon. You know, that's been really, really helpful. Um, and I will say that I do record um, ideas or tasks that come to me for work on my phone, uh, usually on Google Keep. That's one of my favorite apps to use. Um, so I just open up a little, uh, what do they call them in Google Keep? Like a little. Um, I don't know. I don't something. have Google Keep, but I should. <laughs> oh, look you got to check it. it out. Yeah, it, it just looks like a bunch of different little cards, and each one is for something different. So it might be like, uh, I have a running one for blog post ideas. So anytime an idea comes to me, I just pull up my phone and put it in there, um, and then you know I can access it on my computer, etc. Um, and then I, you know transfer it to the paper planner when I'm actually going to do those things. Uh, for household, I also use Google Keep or my phone calendar to jot down to-dos that come to me at random times, like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Does your brain work like that? And uh, and then I will transfer them to my chalkboard calendar um, at the bottom of the calendar. I have errands to do and um, like phone calls to make, that sort of thing, so that I'm not always thinking, what was I supposed to do today? Oh yeah, I was supposed to run and go buy bread or whatever the the to-do is. Um, I have found uh, another cool resource for my phone is the Reminders app on my iPhone. So um, that's what I use for my lists now because it just seems um, easier to me. What it, what it does is it automatically creates a line with a little tick mark. And when you click the tick mark, it, it deletes it. So you don't have to actually delete the text, which is really, really awesome. So like, I'm just looking at mine right now. I have lists for gro grocery store, Costco, hardware store, Target or Walmart, um, home decor store, dollar store, it's craft store, et cetera. Because sometimes I'll like run out of thread and it's not essential that I have it right this second because, you know, I have other thread, but eventually I want to replace the one that went out. So I put it on the craft store one. And anytime I walk into a store, I have a pre-made list of all the things that I've been missing from that place. So that's been really useful too. Yeah, that's exactly what I use the reminders app for. Yeah, I didn't it, even know it existed till before this year. I'm like, oh, I, what have I been missing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then one really cool thing is that you can have it show or hide the ones that you're done with. The, like the completed ones. So like if oh, I, I have one, yeah. So like for on my craft one, or like I call it my skirt fixation one, because that's my personal blog name. If I forget, you know, like I want to check off that I've bought this kind of thread, but then later I want to go back and see what kind of thread that was that I bought. You can look at the completed ones. Like it's not Smart. gone forever. Okay. I'm just checking that out. I didn't know you could do that. Awesome. <laughs> see, learning things every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to idea organization. Um, again, I use paper for my work. Like I like to do an actual um, cut things out or print things out and like make a collage on paper. I mean, we're going back to the dinosaur ages here, right? With <laughs> Stone Age with me, you know, making an actual physical collage. But there's something so satisfying and inspiring to me about, I don't know, I kind of get timed out on digital screens. And so there's something very soothing to me about like when I, one thing I do plan is what I'm going to sew for myself for the year. 
And I do like to actually print those out and hang them up and look at them. So like I have this kind of collage of what fabric I want to use, a little fabric swatch and the line drawing of the pattern I want to use. Um, so just kind of, you know, look at my wardrobe, make an assessment and then make a plan for the year. And then I like to actually, you know, have that physically where I can touch it and look at it and remind it. So um, I do use a numbers checklist for my work tasks and it works very similar to reminders where you can cross things off. But then I do, like, I do prefer, so if I'm using digital, I do prefer, like, Pinterest for if I'm making an artistic thing. So, like, maybe I want a mood board for a pattern collection I'm planning. Or maybe I want, um, I'm planning to redecorate or redesign, you know, a certain room in my home. And I like, I really like the visual of a Pinterest board to collect all my ideas for that that thing in one spot. Otherwise I I just lose it. And so if it's an artistic thing, I really like the, the visual aspect that Pinterest has. So yeah, one way I organize use Pinterest for as an organizational tool. Um, now that you can add in your boards, you can make sections of your boards. That's, Mm. that's really helpful too. And so I, I really like to use Pinterest kind of as an organizing tool for myself. Oh, I'm really glad you brought that up because I forgot, uh, to add, Pinterest as one of these tools. And I use it quite often too. Uh, probably the most often for recipes. I have a board for recipes that I want to try that look good. Um, and I just pin them there for future reference. And then I have a board for our favorite recipes. And I love that it's divided up now. So I don't have to have a separate one for desserts and, you know, main dishes and whatever else. You just separate them into sections. Um, and then I also love using Pinterest for collaborative artistic stuff. So, um, when I throw a baby shower for somebody, my sister and I will throw it together and we'll both be members of the same board and we'll pin cute ideas for decorations or food, et cetera, um, or like planning uh, how to decorate a room. I also love my board for um, sewing ideas. So I'll see something really cute, a cute skirt and think, oh, I want to make that. And so I, you know, pin it to my board and there it is. So yeah, such a great tool. As long as you don't lose yourself and all the cute ideas. Oh, I know. I for air three hours later. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? I do not have any recipe boards on Pinterest because that is just like a line I've had to draw. Like there's not <laughs> one recipe for something. There's like a billion recipes yeah. and I just get overwhelmed. I'm like, well, fine. I'm just not going to make corn chowder because there's too many good <laughs> recipes and I could never decide. <laughs> Honestly, I, I rarely go to Pinterest to find a recipe. I just use it to store the ones that I like. Oh. So I'll find, I only have like four or five blogs that I check regularly for recipes because I know that they're always good because there's nothing more infuriating than finding a recipe that looks amazing on Pinterest and tastes like garbage. So I always go to my tried and true blogs and then I just save it on my board. Cause yeah, it is like, yeah, death by a thousand corn chowder. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is I use the save feature on Instagram the exact same way as you're saying for recipes. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a couple p- food people that I follow on Instagram and I have, I guess it's kind of like Instagram's Pinterest copycat thing, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I will pin recipes from there from the people that I follow, but I'm not, but again, I don't fall down the rabbit hole of looking at, you know, chocolate fudge recipes on right. Don't just go on to Instagram. chocolate fudge yeah. hashtag. No, <laughs> <laughs> you'll never come out. Mm. So that's another little way to organize is through the Instagram save app. Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. So I do have to say that when, when organizing ideas, I used to be terrible at this and I'm getting a lot better thanks to Pinterest and all these cool apps. Um, Google, Google keep, as mentioned before, is a huge one for this, uh, a, a huge tool for this, for me, um, as well as Google sheets. So, um, I'll explain in a minute how I separate those two, but 
when brainstorming and organizing, if I have my phone and those two apps, then I can keep things written down so I don't forget them and keep them so much more organized than I used to. Yes, we use a shared Google Sheet for the podcast, and it's a great way to collaborate, just if you guys are wondering how it goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> right. We we actually probably need to create a new one because we have like, what, 102 tabs or something on it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's time to move on to a 2021 sheet or something. Oh, but it's a great way to collaboratively both work on the same thing. Um, one Another way I do use for collaborations um, with is a Facebook group with Project One and Play Designers. I like that if I have like um, files to share so that you don't have to email, you know, who did I email this pattern to and who did I email this, you know, whatever, but you can use files. That's kind of a nice feature on on Facebook. I, I have to admit, I am the first one to say that I hate Facebook and I spend as little time as possible on Facebook because I hate it so bad, but I do use the Facebook groups to organize like design groups. So that's one thing. Um, you can use a group chat or like WhatsApp or Marco Polo to organize like your family discussions. So kind of compartmentalize them into like, you know, my my sister and I, we have, I think, a Marco Polo and we have a um, we have a chat and we have emails and then we message each other on Instagram. And sometimes when I'm like, oh, what, where did I was talk to my sister about that? And I'll have to go dig in through all four or five of them. So sometimes it's nice to keep <laughs> things organized in one place with one person. OK, Bonnie and I use Marco Polo. We don't use, you know, or whatever, except Bonnie and I right. use everything yeah. and I have to go find it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. For my group chats, I like WhatsApp and I really like GroupMe. Uh, GroupMe didn't used to have a search feature, but it does now, thank goodness. So you can um, go searching for a specific message or thread. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit trickier when it's a collaborative effort, but there are a lot of tools that you can use. Okay. So here's how I divide my Google Keep and my Google Sheets um, different ideas. Okay. So Google keep, I use for short things. Like I said, they're kind of like little cards. So they're things like a Christmas gift list, right? So as I go around, I see something I think a kid might like, I'll just pull up that little card and write, here's an idea for so-and-so. Um, uh, kids shoe sizes and clothing sizes. I have a card for that. Cause you know, you get to the store and you're like, Oh, somebody needs shoes, mm. but I have no idea what size they're wearing right now. Mm. Um, that's me. House- that's me. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to update it every now and again, or I'll go buy them the wrong size, but you know, every couple of months, you know, uh, household renovation projects. So sometimes I'll just walk through the house and go, Oh, we have to fix that little hole in the wall or we have to do this thing. And so when we have a little extra time on Saturday, I just pull up my, my list and I've got it all there. Google sheets I use for larger projects. So like Audrey said, the podcast, cause you can have so many tabs. We have a tab for every episode, keeps everything really organized. Um, uh, schedule, blog schedules. Um, I have an, another sheet for all my Novaly products and like my, um, financial analysis of my business, et cetera, et cetera. Um, address lists. I have a Google sheet for that. Uh, and then I also coordinate plans with other people as well via that. Um, like for example, Thanksgiving I'm having with my family this week, we just created a, um, a sheet where everybody could sign up for what they wanted to and everybody has access to it. So, so many good tools out there. Yeah, definitely. It's like the more I organize, just like the more invigorated I get. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. It feels great. Uh, A couple other things that we organize around here is um, I do use um, a program called Homeschool Tracker to schedule my kids. I sit down in the summer and I schedule all their school for the year, the tentative plan, like what, what, um, I'm going to, they're going to be studying that year. 
And then I sit down on Sunday afternoon and I do their weekly schedule, what they're needing to get through that week. Um, I do keep a paper binder for farm and garden tracking. So like, for example, in the garden, what we planted where each year so that, you know, crop rotation is a good thing so that you don't keep planting the same crop in the same area and then you can get some pests. But if you rotate things around, um, you have a little better success. So it's good. I keep track of that on paper. Um, same thing with animals. You know, this animal um, was dewormed at this time and needs to be done, that kind of thing had this baby or, you know, this batch of rabbits or whatever. So lots of things written down on paper there. And, and it's not perfect. Like (laughs) I could do better, but then as far as the animal maintenance and care goes, I do use digital reminders for that. So like a deworming schedule or uh, other schedules of things that need to happen uh, regularly. And then one thing I put down here, but I'm almost embarrassed to mention this is like, I have a binder for recipes, but oh my goodness, it is such a mess. I like, I'm like, okay, Bonnie, edit this part out because my, my, my recipe binder is such a mess because I don't have a good system. So I guess I need to go listen to our episode on systems and uh, planning, um, all that organization because, oh man, my, my recipe binder is a mess because every once in a while, well, often we'll pull out a recipe and we'll use it and then we'll stick it back, but not in the right section. So there, it's just all topsy-turvy. And then sometimes we'll print out a recipe um, because I prefer to cook off a paper recipe than off a digital copy of it on my phone. So my phone doesn't get all dirty. And then the recipe won't be any good, but somebody will stick it in the binder anyway. And oh, it's such a mess. I need a good system for my recipes. Yeah, I forgot about recipe binders. I have a great one that I that I really like, but it does need to be purged a little bit. There are quite a few recipes in there that I stuck in there to try, and I want it to be a tried and true binder, right? Like none of this, we should try this kind of a thing. Only once it's tried and we love it and we use it a million times do so I want it in there. Because my goal is that when my kids leave home, I can just go through that binder and copy everything, and then they have you know their favorite spaghetti recipe and their favorite this salad recipe to take with them to college. Um, I just have, haven't gotten around to that yet. So <laughs> that's all I do to this. Um, I also have a household binder and I wrote a blog post about this. I can include that in the show notes as well. And this has been a life changer for me. I only started it about a year or so ago, but I have a tab for household stuff. I have a tab for car stuff and I have a tab for each child. So it's basically everything I want to remember that I can't find in my phone somewhere. <laughs> It's just easier to keep it a binder. One of the reasons I like it on paper is because other family members can reference it. So for example, each kid's tab will have like medical history. So-and-so started this medication at this time. So-and-so had to take an antibiotic. So-and-so broke a finger, whatever. You have all the history in there. Because um, if I leave town and something happens, I want my husband and kids to be able to reference that and go go tell the doctor exactly what, um, what the history is. The household one is things like we had the air conditioning serviced at this time and this was the cost and this is who we used and we should get it checked again in six months. Or the auto one is, you know, similar. Oil changed at this time or this repair done or we should have this repair done when we have $5,000, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And this, like I said, this binder has been really, really life-changing. I'll include a link to the post because I really recommend it. Yeah, that sounds so good. I was just thinking we should tell everybody, we hope that you don't think listening to this episode that you have to do everything that Bonnie and I are doing, but maybe you just pick up a good idea here or there because like, I don't even do everything that Bonnie is doing. And I'm like, oh man, that family calendar 
really needs to happen around here. So everybody's not grabbing on my phone and trying to figure out what's going on in the household binder. Those are just such great ideas. But Bonnie and I don't do everything that each other does. And, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope maybe something in here has inspired you and helped you organize or plan just a little, little piece of something in your life. Yeah. And don't let it get you stressed out either, because sometimes I come up with all the the organizational ideas or I find them on Pinterest or something and I'm like, yes, my life is going to be so organized. And then five minutes later, I'm like, I can't do anything. (laughs) My life is falling apart. So I think the trick with organization, especially when it comes to, um, you know, an episode like this where it's talking about all the things that we organize, all the mental things is to just start very small. So what's your biggest pain point in your organizing? Is it um, remembering tasks you have to do? Is it remembering to get errands done at a specific time? Um, or pick up a kid at a specific time, try to implement one system at a time to make your life a little bit easier or else it's just going to make your life harder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One thing that really made a difference to me was when I heard the quote that the brain is not intended to be a storage space. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. That makes total sense. I love that line because that is basically why I started this household binder because I was trying to remember the last time someone got a tetanus shot because they stepped on a nail and all, and was that this kid or was that this kid? You know, um, uh, for example, lice, (laughs) heaven forbid your family gets lice, but that is a, a great one to make a mention of and to talk about what, um, resources you use to get rid of it and who was exposed and yada, yada, yada. So good, good times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We have a couple recommendations for you. I definitely want to recommend productivity boot camp. If you feel like you do not have enough hours in the day to get everything done. Um, that was a super, super helpful course. I think both Bonnie and I went through that and just kind of gives you a whole mentality shift where you can get your brain right so that your, your day and your schedule and your plans and all that can go right. Um, the Monday, what, Monday hour one podcast episode. I did want to mention, um, live free creative. Um, Miranda has the live free creative podcast. Miranda has some really nice episodes about planning. And, um, what I love about hers is that she talks about planning in the fun things that you want to do first. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. And then plan everything else that you have to do after that. Otherwise your life is being run by the things, by other people outside of you and what you have to do instead of internally the things that you love and you want to do. So we'll definitely link to that. Keep that in mind when you're making your plans for the week or the year or the month or whatever you're planning. Yeah. And, and, uh, along those lines, I will say that, uh, planning vacations for the entire year is one of my favorite things to do, you know, with the caveat that 2020 could happen again and nothing gets done. (laughs) But what's fun is that it's the exciting thing that you're looking forward to that's already on the calendar. Because I don't know about you guys, but when money gets tight or time gets tight, it's the fun things that get cut first and not the obligations. And so by having those on the calendar and, and we're not super duper strict with them, but we will say, you know, in April or May, we're going to go on a family vacation to California and that already, you know, nails so much specific down without getting bogged down by details. And so come, come February or March, we go, Oh, Hey, in another couple of months, we're planning on going to California. Let's, let's figure out the details rather than waiting for the extra time and money to happen, which doesn't ever really happen. <laughs> and then you always have the, the fun things planned. So I love that. Okay. Hope this planning episode was helpful for you guys. The new year is always a really fun start. We just encourage you not to get totally bogged down in the things that you want to do, plan the fun stuff, and then, um, you know, address those pain points one, one at a time. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.